Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, we're talking all things Bears and baseball. The Khalil Mack era is over in Chicago as the Bears ship him off to the Chargers, and baseball looks like it is finally back as the players and the owners finally come to an agreement to get our beloved sport back. All I can say is, the owners suck. All that more on episode 71 of Believe in Chicago Sports coming at you now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast. Yep, you heard it. Welcome back. We're back. Look at this, Joey. After a few weeks in hiatus, um, we were really just trying to get the baseball negotiations panned out for everybody. We were kind of like uh, arbitrators, if you will, between the Players Association and the MLB owners. Just kidding. Yes. JK, just K. But as you hear the lovely voice of my co-host, Joey Gelman, that is who he is. And you can find him on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself, I am on Twitter as well at Tweet Dan Collins. So is this fine, lovely show at Believe in Chicago. But we're not going to start with baseball, actually, because, Joey, the day we decide, the night we decide, I guess I could say, we decide to come back, put ourselves on the podcast airwaves, big, big news. And it's actually pretty coincidental, right? Like, we were going to we were gonna come back and make a show tonight regardless. Um, and then in the earlier hours of today, there we go. Baseball's back. Khalil Mack traded. I'll start out before we get into the big nitty-gritty of it all. I'm a fan, I guess I could say. Um, it does signal a little, not end of an era. Well, <laughs> it definitely is an end of an era, and we'll get there. We'll get there in a little bit. But I guess the first thing like, that I kind of thought about was, wow, just think about that. What was it? Four years ago was it? 2018, summer of 2018, when Khalil Mack uh, was traded to the Chicago Bears. Arguably, I guess I won't even say arguably. It has to be, unless you could think of something else the biggest thing the biggest move that ryan pace was praised for right like i'm not going to count drafting justin fields i'm I'm not like that was kind of something that was almost like a forced play right i mean i guess he didn't have to you know i guess he could have went a different route but i'm not no matter how what justin fields pans out to be i'm not almost going to count that as like the biggest move that he made because i guess that the whole justin fields move seemed like something that was forced was like the khalil mack trade like that was kind of to put together like the finishing touches of what he thought would be a playoff contender, Super Bowl contending uh, Chicago Bears team, if you will, right? Because they had the offense figured out. They had Mitch Trubisky. They had the offensive-minded guru head coach in Matt Nagy. They just need to get the defense squared away and get to the quarterback. In comes Khalil Mack, right? And we're all ready. Engines are go for the Bears to make a run. Mitch doesn't pan out. The head coach doesn't pan out. Ryan Pace himself doesn't pan out. R- different Ryan polls enter the room, and there you go. Kind of uh, cleaning up shop here a little bit. And the biggest thing to me, right, besides the two picks, the, the second rounder this year, which is what, like 48th overall or something like that from the Chargers that you get, and then next next year's six-round draft pick of the Chargers, you have that now unless maybe you trade one of those away. Perhaps they do, perhaps they don't. But really it's just a clear space because now they have – Buku bucks to spend, whereas their their rivals in the division, the Green Bay Packers, because they wanted to give Aaron Rodgers 
millions upon millions upon millions of guaranteed cash, which apparently could be true or could be not. He's going to get a lot of money. We know that. They franchised Devontae Adams, and now they're like a trillion dollars uh, over cap space or whatnot. So, you know, there's that. Be worried about that as much as you want. I got, I have some feelings to say about that as well. I really don't give a damn that Aaron Rodgers is back. <laughs> I'll say that as well. Khalil Mack leaving, totally cool with, especially when you look at how the trade, how the trade breaks down. Aaron Rodgers staying in the division. Khalil Mack obviously won't be sacking him this year in a Bears uniform. Really don't give a crap about that either because at the end of the day, if the Bears want to be the best, I give a damn who's in the division. Just worry about yourselves, which is what they're doing now. Starting piece was to trade Khalil Mack, and now we'll see what else Ryan Poles has to offer. Yeah, it's it, it's just an uh, interesting, a wild day with this. I think it was unexpected, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, the money aspects of it, and it, it's it's just I don't want to use the word rebuild because that means great. I get to sit in the cold and watch crap football. <laughs> but uh, well, well, I have news for you, my friend. That's probably what it's going to be for at least a couple anyways, years, at least yeah. one or two seasons. But you know, but but the thing is, is I guess it it shows that they're willing to make changes, and it shows you a new regime is in charge because I don't think the pace regime would be able to admit that their Khalil Mack trade, you know, didn't net them the playoff victories they wanted. So, you know, I, I I think they're able to remove a lot of cap space with this move uh, that allows them to be flexible and add some pieces on offense. And it also signals, you know, the real end of, of, of that pace-snaggy regime. Of Khalil Mack was brought in, like Von Miller, in L.A., to be that game-changing piece to get you to a NFC Championship, get you to a Super Bowl with a rookie deal in Trubisky to get you there. Who, by the way, is not the hottest quarterback in the free agent market, I guess, which is hilarious to me. Um, but And it just didn't work, and, and it sucks because he was so good in 18, and then it just kind of went downhill with injury and, and everything with that. But it's just it's, it's, it's another big marking point of, we are moving forward with this new team, new culture, new direction, and thusly new players. And Mac, you know, we wanted a lot more from him, but it's it's just a changing of the guard again. There, there's going to be a whole new look to this team, and I just hope it doesn't mean it takes too long to rebuild it because, you know, they've not been very good, but mm-hmm. we'll, well, we'll see. I mean, call it what you want. I mean, not necessarily a rebuild because look at it this way. And I hate saying it this way because obviously there's a few injuries that came up, especially the past few years, right, with Khalil Mack. But one good year in 18, one really good year. I mean, it's a pretty fun year in 2018 seeing his production. But after that first season with the Bears, like, you know, the last few, like, what have you really had? What have you really had the last couple of years from Khalil Mack? I mean, once again, sideline a lot because of injury and whatnot, but you had the one good year and then that was it. I mean, I think his name, which good for him, is part of like what's kind of seems like the, the Twitter world or the social media world is kind of overvaluing or like almost Khalil Mack to, to this point. And I get it. When the Bears got him in 2018, you can argue that it was him and Aaron Donald who's the best defensive player in the league. I think we know who the best defensive player in the league is. And like I said, you could have made a much different argument back in 2018. Mac was, you know, probably triple teamed as many times as Donald was in 2018 to in 2019, you know? So, but still my point is like not even necessarily a rebuild as in you have to sell off all these pieces because rebuild to me. And once again, this is no disrespect to Mac is like, 
you have like super valuable pieces and you're just like, you know, trading all of them away to not only make room, make room monetarily in the cap space, but to also just like, once again, sell off and get even more picks, right? It's not like this is the Mac of 2018 in terms of talent wise still in production. And you're trading him for like, you know, a couple first rounder, you know, a first rounder, second rounder, maybe, you know, eating up some of that, eating up some of that dough, which I mean, basically is the, the whole salary is taken off the books now for what was left. And that's just the thing is like, now you don't necessarily have to rebuild. Like it's not so much like we need that second round pick and then, you know, that sixth round pick down the road just to rebuild. But now what, what can you do with that money? Instead of having Khalil Mack on, you know, and spending the money that way, now you could do it to give Justin Fields more help, whether that be on the offensive line, whether that be putting money into the receiving core, whatever you want to do offensively, you could put more money into that now, right? And then you can also have money saved up to pay a Roquan Smith defensively down the road, you know, again, when you need to do that. Or, you know, maybe that's not the exact plan. Maybe that's, you know, something that's somewhat of an idea now. But it's also to me now, too, is like now you have that money that you could reallocate. Like, is it best to have this money tied up to Khalil Mack and we don't really know what we're going to get out of him? Or is it best for somebody to say, hey, we'll take that money off the books for you. We'll even throw you a second round pick this year, which looks like a a pretty loaded draft. Sucks they don't have any first rounders, but I'll take the 48th overall pick. Sure. Why not? Um, You get that. You get a future sixth rounder, whatever, you know, they turn out to be whatever. But it's mostly hopefully you get a pretty decent second rounder and you get to reallocate that money now elsewhere. Yeah. And I think we'll have to see how they reallocate, you know, and it's funny if. If this was like, you know, an Erlacher kind of deal, it'd be way bigger of a of a nostalgia and sadness. But unfortunately, it's kind of like like what they had with Julius Peppers, where phenomenal player. Peppers is probably a Hall of Famer versus Mac, but we'll see how they end up. But, you know, game-changing, life-changing players in the Bears that never made the impact they did, and you don't really feel the same way you probably would if it was a bigger player. And so I, I'm not like being like, oh my God, he's gone. It's like, okay, I guess this makes sense. Their window closed. You have yeah. to kind of move on. <laughs> Close and, the window. Right. And, and and so you sit here and you go, okay, where now can this money be reallocated? We saw what the Bengals did and, and, and were able to build their team and, and do it quickly. So you go, okay, I, 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 the, I, not that the Bears can model that exactly, but okay, I'm ready. Let, let's, let, let's pay some receivers, get field some help. And, and and see what you can do and build it that way with with Fields now in his rookie deal, but it's yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, not only that, I, th- I think more to your point, Joey, is like how much of it, like from Bears fans, maybe are you seeing out there that is part of just a uh, disappointment because <laughs> seeing him leave, like you're almost reminded of what could have been, right? Because the first thing I think about. And seeing his name, it doesn't only go back to 2018 and bringing in that dominant defender, but it also brings, like, just to the back of your head, like, that, like, Trubisky, what was it, like, 2.0 or, you know, like, the next rise of the Trubisky offense and Matt Nagy, right? Like, it also brings up that. Like, it also reminds me of, like, what the offense and just the whole structure of the beers was supposed to be. And, boy, did that turn around rather quickly, literally in just a couple of years, which... You have to adapt quickly in the NFL and figure it out if you just have the wrong people there both on the field playing for you, 
making the play, you know, strategizing the game plan and the one who brings in all the above that were just all the aforementioned. Right. So, I mean, I think it's that too is, wow, Mac was supposed to come and like not only be this defensive player, but he was also supposed to be the finishing like touch on defense because the offense was going to be okay. And said it was even more so in 2018, like even when he was here, it was, it was more also like, it was great. It was a fun year, but because it was almost like that reminder of like defense is almost carrying the offense, if you will, like how it's always been whenever the Chicago bears have a good team in this town. So yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of that, right? It's just a reminder of what could have been, should have been air quotes. Yeah. But I also look at it now of, okay, what it could have been, but now I, I still don't like the way that that was built, right? Okay. Defense first will, and the rookie quarterback will be good. Now it's like, okay, Maybe now it's a sign of how we want to move forward. Don't make the mistake again of overpaying the defensive guy when your whole team's not ready. You've got to build an <laughs> offense first. It actually can yeah. work. Oh, well, they thought they had an offense, though. They right, surely but, thought they had one. But that was just with the quarterback and the, and the coach. Yep. I mean, Allen well, Robinson. Yeah. Allen Robinson, yeah. You know, David Montgomery and s- 10 tight ends, you know, whatever whatever it is you want to add to the roster. But no, I mean, so I, I think we're I think we're in agreement here, Joey. I mean, it's big news in the sense that it's Khalil Mack, right? No disrespect. Once again, I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying it and whatnot because big fan of his for sure. But it's like it's not as big in the sense where like he's a big name, but like where was the production? It's not necessarily what you would call, at least in front of you, like a like a blockbuster move, right? You're not. It's not like Khalil Mack for Herbert. It's something crazy like that. It's like it's for picks and it's for money, like get, you know, clearing off that cap space. So I mean, it's big in the sense that wow, the Bears let go of Mack, but what were we gonna do this year with Mack, right? If this trade was never made, like win seven games, hopefully, like win eight, like. I think that's just the reality of the situation. So it's more or less big news in the sense that the Bears are looking to make big changes, right? Like, we're going to get rid of these pieces of the puzzle. We're going to allocate funds a different way. And I can't I can't wait to see what, what they do in the draft, really. Even just, like, even with no first-round picks this year, I don't care. Like, I want to see what they're going to do, not only even in this draft, but future Ryan Poles drafts to come. I really want to see how he's going to build this team through the draft, through free agency, and put the pieces of the puzzle together. So like I said... Obviously, big news with the Bears, but I think we're I think we're aligned with uh, what we're we giving the trade two thumbs up. Give it give it a two thumbs up on the trade. Mm. One and a half. One, one and a half. half. Yeah, I give one and a half thumbs up. But that's not bad. I mean, it's no, pretty early. I, I'm more than okay with it. Like I, I know a lot of people are okay with it. I think I'm more than okay. And you know what? I think it'll be two thumbs up. And I, and I don't wish this on him, but, you know, if, if there's still, like, more bumps and bruises and injuries along the road for Mac, or, like, you really just don't know, I don't think, what production you're going to get from him. I hope he tears it up with Bosa and the Chargers and with Justin Herbert on the other side of the football. Like, I hope they can make a really good run for this thing. Don't mind the Chargers at all. Big fan of their head coach. But, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I mean, if, if Mac really doesn't have the same kind of production, that, that half thumb might be coming a little higher, right, and closer to two thumbs up because maybe the Bears do – and that's part of what hurt the value too, right? That's part of why there was no first rounder. But did eat a whole lot of cash for the Chicago Bears. Speaking of cash, money ties into negotiations quite well. 
baseball it's back basically all it took for us to, was to officially finalize a podcast return and then baseball is going to return so you're not going to forget it baseball returns the same day in 22 as dan and joey return into your podcast catalog so excited pumped filing at baseball here we go sure <laughs> oh come on come I'm on i'm very excited it's back but don't you want to see the cubs lose 100 games this year <laughs> Well, I, I I hope that's not the case. I'm very excited it's back, but the damage they did over the last month oh, is boy. really, really almost irreparable, in my opinion. Like I, I, I oh, that's not true. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think it is. I, I, Go ahead. I am so excited it's back. We're going to have opening day, pomp of circumstance, what have you. But the fact that it's dragged on this long and damaged the sport in a way where all you were talking about was the negativity of it. Yeah. The, the the ownership was so cheap and against the players when every other sport is a player's first league. And Manfred just keeps adding to his, his resume of poor decision-making and and a reputation that's almost on par, if not worse, than Bettman now, right? So it's just... it's it's <laughs> It was really ugly and really bad, but I just hope the players didn't cave in this negotiation just to start the season. Because the fact of the matter is the union advisory board, right, voted 8-0 against it, and the teams voted for it. So that normally doesn't happen that way. So we're going to see how this shakes out. But I guess at the end of the day, we get baseball back. My Cubs are going to be back. Your White Sox that have way more expectations are back. And that'll be fun. And thank God they did it before March Madness because – they would have been lost in the shuffle, as they always are. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, really pumped to have the White Sox. Like, hey, look, listen, baseball was my first love. It's what got it's what got me into sports in general. Diehard White Sox fan. When it comes to sports teams, the White Sox are my first love. It's how it's just always going to be. However, I, and I preface it this way because in terms of the lockout, did I miss baseball? Did I miss spring training? Eh, eh, like, I'll be honest, Joey, and I think I've said this before. I don't need 162 games. Like, I don't want 162 games to tell you the truth. Like, the season's too damn long to begin with. So, and again, like, there's more repercussions than that. This is this is about you know, there's a whole bigger story with the negotiations and how that all went down. And you know, I'll get to even that in a second in terms of like how ways to, if you want to grow the game, that's not one of them, right? <laughs> like to do this like in your off season and bring it up to as far as they did. Um, but the optimistic part of me was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, we lose 15, 20 games. Just please be back by the 75th anniversary of, you know, Jackie Robinson's 75th anniversary, April 15th, I believe. Um, I, and I believe that, that they are going to be back by that. That was pretty important to me. Um, should have been important to everybody involved in baseball in the negotiations, to be, good, to be honest. Um, but in terms of just missing some of the games of 162, I'm fine with them once again. You still have to think about preparation and everything like that because, like, with this wonky type of preparation, like, are, are people, are players now more prone to injury, things of that nature? Nor, neither you nor I are going to, like, not go to a Cubs game or Sox game. So not watch the Sox game or not watch game. Like, can you imagine, like, maybe trying to get into baseball? Like, how the hell do you get into this? Like, what? Like, first off, who the hell wants to go over the negotiations and the numbers and, and looking into like what the players want and what the owners want? And then you have people like saying like, "Oh, the owners are greedy for these reasons." And then there's like people who are like, "Oh, and all the players just like, what type of bad coverage does that do for your sport? Like, how are you growing the game?" And 
let's just be real. This is a sport that this is this is now how it goes down. That to me was. I think we want to see the game of baseball advance. I think we want them to focus on things such as like, hey, get it done. Let's make it fair. Let's make it fair. Like I said, especially the players. And then why don't we focus on actually growing the game and making it more exciting and making it more viewable, like more pleasurable to watch. I get that. Like, you know, for me, as we talked about it before, I could watch Sunday night football. It doesn't have to be the beers. I could watch Sunday night football. I can even watch Thursday night football. I could watch, you know, Monday night, you, you name it, and like there's going to be great games. It could be Chargers Raiders, it could be you know Niners Ravens. You know you're going to watch, but like, are you going to just sit down and watch like any ordinary baseball game? Not necessarily. It doesn't mean you can't make the game a whole lot more fun. And I just don't feel like they're focusing on that. No, they're not, and it's saddening because they think people are just going to stick around. Because it's baseball. And it's not the case. I mean, they, they, they're losing. Football's king. Basketball's now second. Baseball's probably third if it's not soccer and hockey in this country. And so it's just, it's... Goals! <laughs> so it's just, it's just they, they can't get out of their own way. And, and you're exactly right. Like when, you know, when, when your biggest headline is about, all right, we're going to negotiate the minimum salary to be $700,000. All right, we'll, we'll push you to $780,000, right? Like, that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about? When Duncan Robinson in the NBA is making $90 million and no one asks a question? Like, they're trying to nickel and dime <laughs> so much to, to their own detriment. And, and it's just, I, I, I just don't understand it. Or they just really don't get it, which is kind of sad. It's just an old, grumpy organization that doesn't know how to modernize. And, and you know, I like Universal DH. I like going back to some of the rules. I, I, I like that. But they just, they get in their own way. Like you said, oh, let's watch more games. Sorry, it's blacked out. Let's watch it on social media. Sorry, antiquated policy. Let's expand on <laughs> the market. Like, everything you turn to has a paywall, a real wall in front of it. And it's just, yes. it's mind-boggling. When you're you're blocking your own. Right. And when, and when your commissioner comes out. You're blocking your own content. You're just. Exactly. And, and when your commissioner comes out and says Mike Trout needs to market himself, I'm done. And that's, your, that's how they <laughs> operate. It's mind-boggling to me. Market our players? We, we, why would we do that? I think that's where I'm at with it. it was, I think the past few weeks has just been a whole lot of confusion, um, upset, really. I, I think just like a lot of like – just uncomfortable feelings right from from diehard baseball fans and you know the 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 main fan bases and the people who've you know followed this game for quite some time and like i i I say as if i've been following it for years on end i mean well uh, over a decade i know some people i've been watching baseball for 50 years but i mean i would just like to see it advance like just let's just keep growing the game please Can can we please can we please grow the game um and let's just let's just move on with it. So, I think we'll see. I, I think it's always an up, uphill battle for the game of baseball, which is weird to think because 40, 50 years ago, it was literally America's pastime and was the number one sport in the country, right? But you know, television, social media, attention spans, you know, evolution, things like that, um, as we can see, kind of change. And I think, especially even. You know, now I think sometimes baseball even tries to cling to that. I, I think they've loosened up the grip a little bit, if you will, on the whole "all oh, we're we're America's favorite pastime" thing. It's like 
not anymore. You're not, you know, maybe 15 years ago, you could have said that. So it'll be nice to like finally get back to baseball. Let's finally get back to hopefully growing the game and we'll see what they got to offer. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's funny when you say it's America's pastime, right? Like it sounds nostalgic and it's like, Oh, it's a nice touching name. But when you think about it, like it's a, it's called a pastime, meaning no one's focused on it. Like that's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> There we go. Wow, so cruel from Joey. Look at this. I love Look and I'm the this. same as you. I love baseball. It's what brought me into sports. It's the only sport I really played you know, through high school, right? Like I I love it. It's just it's it's managed so poorly right now, it just frustrates me. But you know, the second I walk into Wrigley this summer, I'll be a happy camper. There you go. How many games are you going to this year? Oh, I don't know. Since I gave it my t- season ticket dream, um, maybe just a couple. Oh, that's right. You didn't go in on that. You didn't get the season tickets. Hold on, we gotta tell the fans. Did you? Did you and your buddies get the season tickets? It sounds spoiler alert to me. It sounds like no. No, we did not. What was the rationale? Could have bought low, sold high. Unlike the yeah, beers, that's true. bought high, sold low. Just kidding. Just kidding. This is gonna uh, sit here, right? You know what you're forcing me to do? Talk about finances, right? Like baseball <laughs> wants me to focus on. <laughs> It just oh, wasn't man. worth the investment. I, I mean, like, it, really? I'm not going to go to 82 games or let alone 40 or 20 where there's a six-game homestand in April for the money <laughs> it would cost versus spending all that money on a World Series ticket. It's better use of money to me. Like, with oh, Bears, I would never give it up. Like, it's eight games, and it's I'm going every weekend. Baseball is too much. For that, but I can then I'd rather choose the games I want to go to and spend the money on it. So that was my adult decision versus the ten-year-old decision. Would be like, you're an idiot. Get those tickets. But it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it, it was so it was more of a short-term investment outlook you had on it instead of the long-term investment for when the Cubs, for your sake of fandom, hopefully get better, and then you could sell those tickets for whatever the heck price you want. But see, that's the difference. I wouldn't. I'd be an idiot and wouldn't sell them when they're good because I'd want to go. <laughs> but then it'd be worth the investment that you made X amount of years back, right? Yes, but I don't know if the finance. But you're Still correct in that regard. Em. But it's just it's it just is too many. When you really do the math, it's like I you're gonna go to 82 nights a year for baseball. I mean, if I have my full time job, sure, but I don't know. The answer is obviously yes, but. If the Cubs three year, four years from now, hell, five years from now, if the Cubs five years from now go back to the World Series, win it, the following year go back to the World Series and win it, they're back-to-back champs, would you hit yourself in the head over that decision? No, because I'll ensure that I spend the whatever necessary to go <laughs> to those playoff games. Okay. As long as you I know, have and, accessibility and I to playoff tickets, which I know it's hard. I will feel okay. So you know what? With, with that logic, that's fine. Because, like, what I get out of that, there really was no return you could get on the investment, right? Because if they're bad, you're not going. And then now you have to, like, try. try. You just have to post them on the market and see if somebody buys them. But, like, if they're bad, it's like you'll maybe you sell them. You're not going to go to all the games. And, like, if they're really good, you're just going to keep going. And uh, yeah, exactly. And then, like, even if they make it to the playoffs or World Series, like, you're you're going regardless, right? Like, you're gonna find a way. So it's like, it's not worth the hassle. It almost sounded like, right? Right. Of, It'll be more work to sell them tickets. in April than it is the benefit in October versus just buying them in yeah. October. 
No. Yeah. I mean, see that now, if you weren't a baseball fan, like if you didn't even give a hoot about the Cubs, then you're somebody who probably buys into that. Cause you put your name on the list just to try to make an investment off the team, right. And try to make an investment off the tickets and just sell them all the time, nonstop and then wait till they're good. Um, you know, Hey, there's people who do that with all kinds of things, shoes and whatnot, you name it. But, um, yeah, it's funny, right? Like Because it's only the eight games. I don't know why the hell you'd want to be like a like who's going to go to thirty something. You know, like whether you're talking like the NHL or the NBA, like you're going to thirty something home games. If you're talking about baseball, you're going to eighty something. Like, and obviously you don't go to all of them, but it's like, do you really need tickets to eighty one games? Trust me, when I was a kid, I would have took tickets to a hundred games. But I guess now that I'm older, it's not like the the novelty of it all like wears off or whatnot. But it's like. That's really what you're going to do when, you know, what your time is go to 80, 80, 80 something games. If, if that's what you want to do, by all means. And right. I'm going to try to get to a whole lot, lot more Sox games this year. But all right, Joey, I, w- I won't pressure you anymore on your decision to say no. Was there anybody in your in your friend group that wanted to say yes or that did say yes, that my, disagreed? My close friend group, no, because some of them moved away and others weren't as interested. But there was like the extended friend of a friend who also got the call there. They're doing it. They did uh, split between X amount of people for bleacher tickets, but then it was like a fourth tier friend of like, I don't even know this person, but there's a friend of a friend of a friend who's doing it. So they did it, but not in my close group. It was just kind of equal thinking. You you and your close group, you're all too rational for that, of course, too right? You're, rational. You're <laughs> way too rational. You're, you're not going to go on ahead and do anything goofy. Um all right, Joe. Good, good to hear that. Uh, at least you thought it through. I, I'm proud of you for for thinking it through, through and through. And uh, thank you. You know, I'm I'm sure you'll still go to to many Wrigley games this year. Absolutely, I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us. I believe in Chicago sports. We're back. There's baseball news, baseball news, and can't wait because March Madness is around the corner, which should be fun as well. Um, he's Dan. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gellman. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We will catch you guys next week. I'm guessing there'll be a ton of storylines. If baseball is officially back, that means free agency starting up. Then NFL free agency is almost heating up. We're going to have a lot going on, and we're excited to bring it all back to you guys on our show have a great rest of your weekend and we will talk to you soon take care Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.